Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Father's Day Sunday. Huge show on the way. Tomás Mulcahy reflects on Cork being knocked out of the All-Ireland Hurling Championship by Galway. Paul Kerrigan looks ahead to next weekend's huge All-Ireland quarterfinal clash versus Dublin. Jeremy McCarthy was in Clane where Cork defeated Donegal in the Ladies Football All-Ireland Championship. We also hear from Rebels boss Shane Ryanane. Uh, Kevin Glavin was in Bishopsgate to see Cork City drop vital points last night against Longford. Colin Healy gave his thoughts also. And a fantastic Fantastic day at Turner's Cross for the Jerry Harris tribute match. Rory was on commentary and he spoke to Carl Heffernan and David Moyler, who we'll hear from a little later on. That's all coming up before seven. You're very welcome to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock. And let's just run through what's going on today, uh, starting with Gaelic Games. And Westmeath will take on Cavan in this year's Talchin Cup final at Croke Park. The first ever, of course, final in the Talchin Cup. Uh, Two goals from Larkin, Dolan and a Ronan Wallace strike gave the Lake County a big win over Offaly in the second semi-final this afternoon. 3.22 to 2.16 it finished. Kevin booked their place in the decider earlier. They survived a fight back from Sligo and won their semi-final at GAHQ 20 points to 114. Uh, the final is on the 9th of July. Armagh, Armagh and Meath have played out a nine-point all-draw in round two of this year's Ladies Senior Football Championship. Uh, big result there. The All-Ireland Champions Meath were down by two points at halftime and battled back to share the spoils. And of course, we'll hear later on from Shane Renane and from Jer McCarthy about Cork's win over Donegal in the same competition and also in the uh, Ladies Football Championship Dublin beat Tipperary 111 to 6 points Galway uh, easily dispatched of Westmeath 118 to 4 points and as we said Cork got the better of Donegal it was 212 to 110 we'll hear about that later on Mayo also recorded a 16 point to 29 win over Cavan uh, of course big day in the golf it is the final day of the US Open in Brookline and Rory McIlroy he's, uh, he's one under um Bad day yesterday. Uh, you could tell the first tee shot yesterday straight over into a load of tents and uh, just went downhill from there. I think he's three bogeys in the first six holes or something. Um, but uh, yeah, he's three. He's still only uh, three shots off. The, he's four shots off the lead uh, or three shots off the lead. Lead is four under Will Zelatoris and Matt Fitzpatrick. So maybe if he can get it together, he might have a chance. He tees off just after seven o'clock. Seamus Powers, the only other Irishman still going. Shane Lowry, of course, uh, missed the cut. Uh, power is one over par. Uh, tied for 11th it just shows you how uh, tight it is there um, and it's very low scoring but it's uh, it's good watch in fairness it should be a good ending he tees off after half past 6 John Ram is just one shot behind those uh, leaders on 4 under um, Lily Ag scored a debut goal to give Ireland uh, a lead won a lead in their international friendly with the Philippines uh, that's all as part of a training camp for a post side of course away to uh, or their uh, playing Georgia uh, Monday week in the Women's World Cup qualifier huge huge game for them and uh, so we'll keep an eye on that um, so 
uh, I suppose it's time to talk about it. Cork, unfortunately, are out of the All-Ireland Hurling Championship and Rory will have given you a reaction immediately yesterday. And uh, I spoke to Tomás Mulcahy, who has had time to reflect on the game. And, uh, of course, 219 to 121, the score, um, beaten by Galway in Thurles. And uh, here's Tomás on the game. Cork legend Tomás Mulcahy joins me to discuss uh, yesterday's defeat to Galway in the All-Ireland quarter-final. Tomás, thanks for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Um, Where do we start, I suppose? Um, look, a one-point defeat. I suppose whenever there's a one-point defeat, you can look at a hundred different moments because it's only a puck of a ball in the difference. But I suppose what was the major factor, do you think, in the defeat to Galway? Uh, look, I mean, the day after... The night before, as they say, you know, I mean, everybody will have all different thoughts. But look, the first half really cost us dearly, you know. And um, I think we 12 points, um, we got three points from play, which in any 35 minutes of hurling or 37 minutes of hurling isn't good enough, right? You know, so and um, we had a win, win to our backs at that stage as well. So the really disappointing. Um, um, it's, it's 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 a hard one to take. To be honest with you, I think we were well over Galway. We were we had a better of them in in lots of areas. We had some very good performances, but um, it's a bit, when you look at the Clare match and you say to yourself where were Clare at as well. Yeah, they maybe struggled against Wexford, but they got the job done when it mattered most. And unfortunately for Cork, we didn't we didn't do that. You know, when it mattered most, within the closing minutes, when we got it back to a point, we we we, we, were, we were never able to push on and. Like Galway's performance was in, like we were at three points behind in the second half of some stages and every time we got it to three points we couldn't get it down to two they went down the field long pucks one ball and over the bar they went back to four points again so it was look it's heartbreaking and it's hard, obviously it's heartbreaking for the team themselves and the management and the players themselves and it's a hard one to take to be honest with you hard one to take yeah, like as we said, like always, with such a short margin, you can look at so many different things to do differently. And I suppose one major talking point and one thing that a lot of people might say should have been uh, done differently is is the the situation with Patrick Horgan. I suppose would you have started him? I suppose hindsight is twenty twenty now, but um, even just uh, yeah. yesterday before the game. Yeah, hindsight is, is is a great thing. Look, and management have a have a difficult job picking a team and making decisions and stuff like that but I think that's, that's certainly one that they got wrong to be honest with you and look maybe they had it in their minds over the last couple of months yet that Patrick mightn't finish matches 20 minutes to go uh, freshen things up he would have given it his all at that stage um, and that was the case throughout the championship we all he needed to take off in one or two matches and I think he accepted that himself um, but I think the big blow was not to start against Antrim and I think that, that kind of set a signal there to say you know maybe he's they think his time is up he'd be bothering with eight minutes to go above above um, against Antrim um, and yesterday look I'm not going to be fought in Connolly Han or because of the freeze or the chances that we missed but like these were bread and butter to Patrick and um, and I think he had I think he had accepted it in his own mind as well right to say look yeah if I start and I don't finish I'm happy with that as well um but look, their management calls. Um, another call, I wouldn't have taken Conor Leanne off, to be honest with you. I wouldn't have taken him off for all the half time. Yeah, he missed freeze. But he's been our best performance, best performer in the last three matches. He's been our top scorer in the last couple of matches. Yeah. I mean, what he did against Tipperary above in Turles was just incredible. Right? And imagine having Conor and Patrick in the second half 
when it mattered most, when we got ourselves back into the game, I wouldn't have taken him off, to be honest with you. you know? So I think that was a bad call as well. Yeah, particularly when you see the way Conor Lehan dug in against Waterford as well. Like, I mean, the performance he gave in the second half there was unbelievable. It was incredible, yeah. And look, he he was he's been in, he's he's been like since he's come back, the man has been fantastic, you know. And uh, no people find it all when the big game comes, he doesn't deliver. But like, yeah, there were so many players who were bad in the first half. There were so many other guys that were in the forward line were bad in the first half. Why just? thinking this old guy out in terms of what he did in the, in the previous matches he was the best performer in the last three matches for Cork so I, I thought he was harshly treated and, and be taken off to be honest with you and look people will talk about Patrick and stuff like that but look there's some other positives there I just look I just thought Damon Callan to be fair I mean I'm sure you're well aware of this right that man has taken another criticism over the last number of years he's taken another criticism up to the championship even even up to yesterday, I thought he won his best game in the Cork jersey yesterday. And I think that's that's important to point out. Yeah. I think Young Joyce was a revelation at number six, and why we haven't put him in there sooner at number six after what he did at twenty and twenty one level. He was just he was a joy to watch yesterday. He was brilliant, absolutely brilliant from the word go. He controls the centre, and that's the most important thing in a game that you have a number six that's dominating. You know so. I, I, I hate being so negative there was positives there yesterday as well but it's a massive blow because I think Galway were waiting yesterday to be beaten right to the 75th minute or the 76th minute they were waiting to be beaten they're not a they're not a team that kind of would uh, for me looking at it like they they're not a team that really strike the fear in you you know other teams you can pick out players that you know they're going to really hurt you like in Galway I feel are not at the level of anywhere near like a Clare or a Limerick or probably even Kilkenny as we saw in the Leinster final yeah look and you, you, and we mentioned hindsight is a great thing when, when, when they look back and they say look at the two goals that we conceded and then the goals that we missed you know um, a bit more conviction a bit more a bit, bit more kind of killer instinct in terms of when you get on top of your opposition and you're heading for goals there must be that that must be that killer instinct there to bury them and put them away and if we didn't concede the two goals in the first half and we scored at the other end there mightn't be any talking point today like we were well on top we were yeah. well on top of our game we were well over Galway um, but we just didn't put them put them away and like we did create the chances but you have to finish them and the big teams are out there when you look at Limerick and you look at Clare and when they get their opportunities you've got to take them you've got to take them I suppose it's it's always difficult to have these sorts of discussions and uh, you have to be respectful, I suppose, to management teams that give so much effort and f- guys who've given so much to car curling as well. But do, do you think it is maybe time for a change uh, uh, in management? Look, uh, yeah, Karen's time is up. I think his term is up. Look, that's for Karen and for Carco de Boer to decide. I, I'm not going to make any comment on that. I know people will be saying about Patrick Harvin. He's there since 2008. 14 years on is his time up at this stage and I, I think it's, it would only be right and fitting for me to say because nobody else can make the choice here whether he wants to stay or not for Patrick Harvin I think he deserves that himself yeah. you know um, I'd say more than anybody else he's probably more gutted than anybody else the way it finished yesterday um, and he, he he deserves that bit of time as well if, it's, if it is to be the end let him make that call if it's not and he wants to go again let him make that call again and look he knows time is time is not on his side, you know, and he knows the situation whether he could become an, an impact sub. 
but I think that needs to be explained to him from the outset, and I think that needs to be explained to him if he's starting that there's maybe a period of 20 minutes or 25 minutes when, when, when an impact sub is going to come in and maybe take his place. But look, I just for Patrick, I think he deserves that bit of space now himself to make that call. He's given so much to Cork Ireland. For me, I'm a, I'm a, a club colleague of his. I think he's the greatest thing since Christy Ring. And Christy Ring was an unbelievable Kevin Rovers man. And Patrick yeah. is the same as well. And um, what he's given over the last 14 years has been just incredible. Um, and I suppose he's no different than anybody else. Like when you lose in Ireland qualifying, the heart, defeat, defeat is hard to take. And the manner of the defeat gesture for the whole team, not just... Patrick, management, as I said, look, and Kieran's call is his own call because he is, he's cameras up. I'm sure he'll have discussions with Cochrane the board what, where that's going to take into the future, you know, so it's not for me to make a call on that. I suppose then, uh, like you said, the players are will be so disappointed. They they go back to their clubs now, and I suppose it's a chance for them to just like maybe refresh things and reset things. And like they'll be playing club championship games, hopefully they'll be able to go and express themselves, you know, and and shake off maybe the shackles of this year. Yeah, and look, yeah, look, I, I know. I mean, they say time is a healer, and um, but this 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 is going to be hard. This is going to be hard to heal because they were a better team yesterday. They were better than Galway. Um, they would have had an opportunity to have another crack off Limerick. You know, we were beaten heavily by Limerick in Northern Ireland final last year. We were beaten by them, by them in the Muscle Championship this year. It was setting up nicely for us to meet Limerick in Northern Ireland semi final. And when you're a player and you're, you're it's a, it's, a, it's all about winning, and you want to go as far as far as you can in the championship. And yeah, people would say we, 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 no matter what, we, we wouldn't have beaten Limerick. But it's a different day. It was a different game, right? So yeah, look. It's 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 very tough, and players yet yeah, will have to dust themselves back down on, go back into championship mode, or go back into club training mode and stuff like that as well. And look, these guys won't be from wanting with their club either. I mean, they've been incredible ambassadors. I mean, I I never fault players for their performance because I said to you previously even here, I I was that foot soldier myself. I had good days and I had bad days, and there's nobody needs to tell a player when he's a bad day. You know, yeah. they know it themselves internally. And they know it themselves that they're hurting and they're hurting badly. And going back to your club can be the blessing in disguise. Going back to the guys that you grew up with, that you went to school with, that you're kind of friends with. And you go back into the dressing room and clubs will support these players for what they're worth, you know. And that's important as well. And I think, yeah, that's a great opportunity for these guys. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to see those, the, the, these talents again in, in club championship, which is, which is fantastic to look forward to. Absolutely. Just before we, we finish up, I suppose the four teams that are left, it's Cork versus Galway and Kilkenny versus Clare. Um how do you how do you see the two semi finals shaping up there? Yeah, look, I mean, um you look at Clare yesterday and they were put to the pin of the collar, but look what a Clare have given to the most of championship already today. It has been incredible. Look at look at the physicality that they've brought to the game in terms of that most of final performance against Limerick. Um yeah, they they were probably looking to themselves yesterday and say with five or a couple of minutes to go five pints down or six pints down but somewhere they, ra- they, they rallied you know when, when, and when you have a man like Tony Kelly in your in your team that's that's incredible so I think they're going to eagerly look forward to the All-Ireland semi-final against Kilkenya I think they will to be honest with you yeah. remember it on the other side against Galway um, I would have maybe predicted at the outset the one team that could challenge Limerick was Galway in terms of their physicality in terms of their size Watching them yesterday, I'm saying no, that Limerick will be hot favourites in this for this and Limerick will be hot favourites to go on and win the All Ireland 
But Ireland semi-final, you never know. But look, it looks for me, it's limited to win and it's clear to win. So um, maybe a repeat of the Monster Championship. Absolutely great stuff, Tomás. Thanks a million. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, great stuff from Tomás as always, of course. Limerick versus Galway in the uh, semi-final as Galway progressed and uh, Clare versus Kilkenny, which I think will be an unbelievable game. Uh, really look forward to that one. Right, next Saturday, another huge game, um, an All-Ireland quarter-final with Dublin Cork marching onto Croke Park where many people did not expect them to go uh, this year, I suppose, uh, at the start of the year. Anyway, here's Paul Kerrigan on the game with the Dubs next week. All-Ireland winner with Cork, Paul Kerrigan, joins me to discuss next Saturday's All-Ireland quarter-final with Dublin. Um, I suppose as tough a test uh, as was possible, but um, it's a great opportunity and probably an occasion we didn't expect Cork to be involved in at the start of the year. Yeah, I'd say definitely. I'd say, to be honest with you, Cork probably got the luck of the draw for their last two rounds and um, I'd imagine they were probably hoping maybe to have a crack off Galway or Derry. Uh, Dublin was probably the one to avoid and, and unfortunately they got that. But look... Um, I suppose you're right yeah, mightn't have been halfway through the league expecting to be there and possibly the Palton Cup was reality and look I think they've put uh, two championship wins back to back like this the first time since about 2017 so uh, it's been positive enough so far and I suppose they won their last two league games as well so they have four out of five competitive wins in their last couple of games so I'd say they're, they're happy enough and look they uh, shot to nothing really uh, up in Cole Park next Saturday night and I suppose look, they'll, they'll, they'll have to forward it now yeah, like I suppose it's it's massive those two championship wins. Like it, you can't underestimate how important that is to that side. Definitely, like there's a lot of lads who I would have played with like didn't didn't have too many championship wins under their belt. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, and I think like two two wins in Parky Queeve, you know, is something to build on as well for next year. Uh, yeah, I think I think I'd say the vibe now is pretty good in in the camp. You know what I mean? Uh, I think yeah. since, the, since the Kerry game, I think they were pretty positive. Um, like not with the result, but with the group coming out of it, and they've added fellas back, and guys have got more training as it's gone along, like Potter and Diesel and so, uh, and Mara Shanley. So I'd say they're, I'd say they're in a pretty good place, and I'd say um, whatever happens at Saturday night, uh, hopefully they, they they can try to get a result. It'll be tough, but look, I think they're in a pretty good place going forward for next year. Yeah, I suppose it's not something you ever had to worry about or your generation getting experience in Croke Park. You had plenty of it. And this yeah. is another thing to, to kind of add on to what we were saying. Like, it's it's massive to get a game in Croker. Yeah, I, I, was, I was at a thing with Stephen Sherlock there recently for Sports Direct. And I, I, don't think he, I don't think he's ever played in Croke Park. I think he said that. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, and I, there's probably a whole pile of them like that, which is, is crazy when you think about it. Like, as, as you said... We were playing in Crow Park three or four times a year in big games, you know, at, at a stage. And um, I'd say, like, the Saturday evening against the Dubs, like, um, they'll have a nice crowd. Like, it'll be something they'll definitely be relishing a bit, do you know what I mean? Like, to, to get yeah. that experience. But um, uh, on the other hand, I've, I've played against the Dubs in a couple of couple of times, league semi-finals and finals, and um, they ran away with the last 15, 20 minutes. It was a tough place to go. But um, as you said, look, a young team, and a run out in Crow Park now at the weekend and hopefully a bit of a come out of it like with a bit of a positive spin whatever the result and, and they can take that forward going forward Yeah I suppose it, like I mean the the number one job I suppose is limiting Dublin and replicating the first half against Kerry and Parky Rin like that's certainly something to look at uh, and like if you can do that maybe you know stay in the game into the second half like they did in that Munster semi-final Yeah um like I suppose kind of twofold like um, uh, against Kerry they set up with six backs and then 
Sean Powder was obviously a forward and came back as a sweeper so they had essentially seven defenders and they, they didn't do that really against Limerick and Loud they played with six forwards because both teams gave gave them a sweeper so I actually think they'll probably go back to that formation with Kerry you know yeah. uh, I think I wouldn't be surprised um, to see someone like Ty Corkery come into the come into the backs and maybe Powder as a full time sweeper and I I I I'd be only guessing like maybe some from the half forward line might miss out, do you know what I mean? Because um Brian Hurley, uh Kyle Lamani and, and Stephen Sherlock I think would have to stay in the team because um you you're gonna have to try kick scores against Dublin and he will get an opportunity to kick scores against Dublin up there but um they they need as many fellas who can finish as they can, you know what I mean? And yeah. like you said, try staying it for fifty minutes and I'd say same goal as against Kerry just no goals you know what I mean it just it kept them in the hunt for a bit and we saw the Dublin Leinster final they got five yeah. goals in the first half so something similar Conor Callan and David Clifford inside the full forward line I'd say Sean Powder will be fairly close to wherever Conor Callan is inside anyway uh, Just as you mentioned there the, the three guys in the full forward line how impressed have you been with them? Um, yeah I think in, in I think I think Stephen Sherlock is probably the most impressive in fairness to him kind of personally delighted for him like I would have played room with a bit and he was obviously let go off the panel for a while and I suppose he, he probably he would have been looking forward to coming back in he probably might have felt to put on a bit of pressure because he's probably the best forward in the county championship up there anyway the last couple of years and in fairness to him he's carried it right through and his freezer are deadly in fairness to him but he's chipping in from play as well and I think the fact he's on the freezer keeps the likes of Kyle Amani and Brian Hurley a bit honest, do you know what I mean? In their, yeah. in their play, they, to, to try chip in with scores again. I think the goal the last day was important for for Kyle maybe to get him going. You know what I mean? And kick some some booming points against Kerry. Um, was probably a bit quieter in the other uh, in the load game. So I think that goal was important for him. Um, and I think Brian, in fairness to him, he kind of set the world light at the start of the year and went a bit quiet. Then I thought, but I think in the, I was at the load game now and the Limerick game. His walk rate in fairness was unbelievable. Like working back. And leading by example that way, so um, if, they, if he can chip in with a bit more as well, you know what I mean. They're, they're going to need him to, to carry the fight up there and lead. So those three lads look again; they all can put the ball over the bar, and there's not too many teams have that in the country. Like you know what I mean, with that three of them can do it. So um, yeah, it, 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 like as I said, against Dublin, you're going to need to score, and, and therefore, as you put the ball over the bar, it's important to have them. Yeah, certainly. It's a great opportunity for Cork football and uh, yeah, it's a, a massive step on the road in terms of, of getting back to, to the levels of the last uh, 10, 15 years. Uh, Paul, thanks a million for joining us. No bother. Thank you. Yeah, Paul Kerrigan there on next weekend's All-Ireland quarterfinal with Dublin now. Uh, Cork beat Donegal earlier in the All-Ireland Ladies Football Championship 2-12 to 1-10 in Clane. Uh, here's Rebels boss Shane Renane. Uh Shane Renane, Cork senior manager. The job is done. You beat Donegal. Really good, impressive first half performance, moving the ball at pace. The second half, Donegal came into it. A little bit too much probably for your liking. But in the overall scheme of things, getting the win under the belt, how happy are you to have, that, to have the, achieved that goal? Yeah, so, uh, to be honest with you, Joe, I, we're, we're very happy. Um, you know, if you'd offered me five points this morning, I suppose, but I suppose based on what we did in the first half, you know, there's probably a small bit of disappointment, but I think we have to look at the overall context. Things that Donegal are a very good team. Uh, that first half, we just got a great run in them. We played some brilliant football, kind of football I suppose we've been trying to play all year that we haven't really got, you know, got going in. Um, so, like, but I suppose the second half was disappointing, and I suppose that 20 minute period where we only scored one point. So we're going to have to look at, it and I suppose we're going to have to manage the game a bit better. I think in those periods of time, but teams are teams of Donegal's quality are going to have to have periods of the game where they control it. So I think we really have to learn, I suppose, how to manage that time in the game, not panic as much, um, you know. And I think 
I mean, that's a big learning we'll take out of today that we've got to learn I suppose it was, you know, it was, it was a bit reminiscent of last year against Mead you know um, just a bit of panic stations and I think the players I suppose that's something we've got to work on work with them because I thought they played some great football for long periods of the game and especially I think we finished out the game very well as well I think um, you know we controlled it there for the last 10 minutes uh, brought Kira back Darren Cup kicked a couple of big points um, you know so we're very happy with that and, we, and obviously we'll be very happy with what we did in the first half Yeah it's coming together because I've seen it against Kerry saw it in the National League in flashes but it's coming more and more and more like that full 60 minute performance that I know you're aiming and the management team have been really battling for it is coming but the fact is people shouldn't forget the quality of the Stony Gold side either like they're not a bad team No look they're very good players especially up front um, you know Von Bonner Karen Guthrie had a great game uh, causes lots of problems and Jarlene as well like so and there's loads of players out the field like who are I suppose we tried to negate um, Neil McLaughlin's influence again. I thought uh, McCleary and Melissa did good jobs you know we gave him a half each of it and I, said, I thought they did a very good job on that um, so look we, we, we fully respected Donegal we were with our homework done um, you know and I think we've got to realise that you know this is the quality of team we're going to be playing against so we've got to, we, we've got to start putting in I suppose getting that 45-50 minutes out of ourselves maybe 55 minutes you know, I suppose it's very hard to get 60 all the time but I think look I think we're building um, you know we're, we're going along quietly uh, people are working very hard you know we got, got time into Breed Sullivan today who had I suppose that was our first competitive game of the year um, which was very important for us you know Fairness and Libby got another 40 minutes out of her after playing 60 last night um, you know we're, we're very happy with it like you know and I think you know we're building all the time and I think there's lots of, lots of good players like Sarah Lee had a great game I thought midfield today first start for midfield has been found very well first corner back but you know we, we tried that today and, and we're very we're, we're happy with the way it worked out so look we know we know we're going to have to be very ready for Waterford next week because they were very impressive last week and they should have probably won the game. Yeah, and that's the thing about Waterford and Pat Sullivan. Like you've met each other, this is the third time in a, in a short period of time. Like it's not that you don't know each other, but that's the focus now for the week has got to be on that game and nothing else. Like and getting that victory. Absolutely. Look, we spoke inside the dressing room there, Jared. That that game is parked now. It's done and dusted. Um, there's no point in us, um, I suppose, uh, being being delighted with ourselves today and not going out and doing the job against Waterford. And we've only half the job done. Our our, our aim was to top the group. That's what we wanted to, wanted to do. And beating Waterford, or beating Waterford, we'll finish the job first if we do it. But we know we're going to have to be very ready for them. Because I was in Bar last week. They were very impressive. Uh, as I said, they probably should have won the game. Uh, they don't fear us at all and uh, you know I think that's we, we've got to have to make sure that in our heads and I suppose they've had a little bit of an Indian sign over us yeah we've beaten them the last few times we played them but I think you know uh, we, we hardly haven't performed to the quality we, we, you know with, I suppose the standards we want to perform to they probably haven't left us so I think we need to focus on ourselves big time now um, during the week get the bodies right look there's going to be a lot of sore bodies today that was a hard tough game so look, hopefully everyone will come through it and um, we'll have a full squad to pick from again next week because it's going to be a huge game Alright, John McCarthy was in claim for Cork's game against Donegal in the All-Ireland Ladies Football Championship. Um, 212 to 1-10, a win for Cork, and uh, I suppose they'll be happy with that. They'll be happy with the result, Aidan, but not the second half performance, because they led Cork 2-9 to 1-2 at the break. Fantastic first half performance, uh, early point from Libby Coppicher in the first attack. Orla Finn got a goal then, now, although Yvonne Bonner applied for Donegal, uh, Cork took control of the game after Mabel Sullivan who started ahead of Martino O'Brien today in the same team that beat Kerry in the Munster final sorry for mentioning that in and, <laughs> and she retained her place but from there from the second the, the second quarter definitely Cork dominated Kira Sullivan danced through two defenders set up Darren O'Sullivan for a brilliant goal Anya Terry Orla Finn and Darren O'Sullivan also for Sarah Lee who had a great game at midfield and Kira Sullivan rounded off a really impressive first half performance 2-9-1-2 looking really strong and then things fell apart 
the second half Donegal took a long time to go out in the second half and there was a bit of frustration waiting for them to come out and there was extra frustration then with the referees and the Cork supporters some decisions they felt went against them quite a lot and it was a complete turnaround in the second half Cork just struggled to get going one point in 20 minutes that from Adair and O'Sullivan free and in the meantime Karen Guthrie Geraldine McLaughlin Niamh McLaughlin um, eating away at the score to leave it at 2.10 to 1.10 with about 10 minutes to go now there was yellow cards Maeve Callan was yellow carded and Cork went down to 14 for a bit then um Nicole McLaughlin was yellow card towards the end for Donegal as well and in the end Cork were they kind of defensively they got their act together and some late scores from Jernal Sullivan saw them through wasn't pretty in the second half a big contrast to the first half but still a victory and that's what Shane Ronan was looking for when he travelled up to Clane today Yeah how exactly does the team um, get away with, with staying in the dressing room longer than it's supposed to be well, Maxi Curran is, is, is a very, very astute manager. He's a very good manager. And this is a really good Donegal team, a very undervalued team. Like they beat uh, Dublin in the National League this year and, lost to me, and then lost to, to me. So they're a serious outfit, have some really good players. But the decision at half time, they were a good five minutes beyond when they should have been come back out. Then they slowed the game down. But it worked to their advantage, Aidan. Um, they, yeah. they frustrated Cork. Cork reacted badly. Uh, when, like when Guthrie and, uh, and McLaughlin knocked over three frees in quick succession and the fact that they were so far behind and got it back to, to only a three-point game with only scoring one point from all play in the second half themselves just tells you kind of what a scrappy second half they turned it into and it suited them and they did push Cork a lot um, and it's something that Cork, the players and Shane Ronan have addressed it happened against me in the All-Ireland semi-final not so long ago when they were in cruise not so much cruise control but in control winning the game and just felt, just mentally started to get a bit tired, silly mistakes, silly fouls, and it wasn't the the, the contrast, I suppose, Aiden, and the thing that Cork needs to take with is the way they moved the ball in the first half was sensational. It's the best I've seen them play this year. Um, they picked off two goals; they could have had more. And but the contrast in the second half, when the game was slowed down, when Donegal went through the middle, won their freeze. That's something they're going to have to learn and learn very quickly because they've got Waterford next Saturday. Yeah, I suppose one positive is I think. 2-7 just looking at here 2-7 of, of the 2-12 came from the, the three full forwards which is fairly impressive going it is and we've spoken about it on the big red bench before this year Anya Terry O'Sullivan is moving freely she's injury free having a fantastic run Orla Finn is knocking in the scores but today was Darren O'Sullivan's turn um, to end up I think it was 1-5 or 1-6 in the end and the Mount Abbey full forward was back to her best where she's been provider for Orla and Anya Terry in the previous two matches today was the day she stood up took the game with a scruff of the neck in the second half, used all her experience and kicked some very, very important threes. But I think one notable thing uh, from today's game as well, Aidan, was the decision to, to start uh, Sarah Leahy, who's usually been cornerback. She started midfield and did a really good job. The half-back line as well, Melissa Duggan, Mara Callan and Laura Manny. We speak about them quite a lot on this, on this show, but they were excellent, especially Laura Manny. had one of her best games in a long while. It was scrappy. It wasn't pretty in the second half. But Cork got the job done. They have a lot of work to do, so I suppose it's the best possible scenario for Shane Renane and his management team with Waterford coming. Because remember, they only beat Waterford by three points in the National League, uh, albeit with a kind of a different team. Um, and then that preceded, of course, uh, the win down in Dungarvan in the Munster Championship, where they were really good that day, and they had to be. Won't be easy the next day against Waterford because they gave Donegal plenty of trouble themselves. But um, I think based on this first half performance, Cork were in a very, very good place. And is it a case of getting a win next week and sealing your place in the next round? 
It absolutely is. The, the bonus for Cork is that they know what they have to do. If they win against Waterford, they top the group. If you top the group, you guarantee yourself a semi-final berth. The quarter-final berth, I'm not sure how that's worked out, but Donegal, I think because they've beaten Waterford, had the Indian fine over them, if it comes out to that, or it's a point scored, I'd have to look into that. But from Cork's point of view, the path is very straightforward. Beat Waterford, you're into the semi-final, and as far as I'm aware, you avoid the Meath and Dublin side of the draw, and that's probably something that... I think the Cork, you know, if you want yeah. to play one of, one of these teams, you want to be one of them to win an All-Ireland, if not both. But if you only have to beat one, that's a bonus. And that's not saying that Cork would win their semi-final either by any stretch of the imagination. They have a lot of work to do, Aidan. They're, they're getting there. The first half today was, was absolutely sizzling at times. They really moved the ball well, intelligently, against a very strong physical defence. But they've got to work on, on when things go wrong, that they don't panic and that they don't start giving away freeze and stay in the game. They did it today and they needed Darren O'Sullivan to do it towards the end. But there are tougher tests ahead, starting with Waterford next weekend. The big disappointment, Aidan, of course, is that anyone hoping to go to that match, it's clashing with the men's senior game uh, in Crow Park. So, you know, a bit of foresight there and a bit of moving around of the fixtures. It's on up the country. I think it's Port Leash. You know, a couple of hours beforehand, supporters could have gone into the ladies' football game and conceivably gone into the men's game. Not to be, unfortunately, but look, Cork's focus right now taking on Waterford, winning that game and securing a semi-final berth. Yeah, I, I'm not even going to get into GA fixtures because I we will be here for a very long time if we do. But this has been, this is every weekend now. Like, every weekend. Yeah, it is. Although, I suppose if there's a positive, I'm trying to put a positive spin on it again from the dual player issues, which Maeve Callan and Libby Coppinger, of course, two-thirds of the Cork Senior Camogie full-back line, uh, who helped Cork beat Waterford on Saturday night and reach um, their All-Ireland senior semi-finals Libby played today Maeve came on and got yellow carded but they both made a contribution there will be no more at the moment there's no further clashes on the specific days for those players the problem is Aidan because of the condensed season television takes over and TDG yeah. has the same when games are played Sky has the same when games are played as do RTE and because of the closed nature of the intercounty season because it's so compressed and everything has to be done by the end of July um it's not. It's rare enough to be fair, but it's really unfortunate that the Cork ladies footballers we've played at the same time as the men. I think it's just an opportunity lost for supporters. It had it been a day before, a day even you know two days before, an evening before, you get a bigger crowd at it. That's not going to be the case now. But look, it's good that we were talking about Cork and All Ireland senior quarter final in the men's. It's good that we're talking about Cork one step away from the ladies All Ireland senior semi finals. And we've already got the senior Camogie team in there. And, of course, the Cork Intermediate Camogie team as well are still in, in with the show. So, look, it's not looking too bad on these days. Absolutely no shortage for uh, for big championship games anyway over, over the next uh, month or two. Jar excellent stuff. Thanks a million. Yeah, Jar McCarthy there on uh, Cork's win over Donegal in Clean in the All-Ireland Ladies Senior Football Championship. Now, uh, coming up after the break, Kevin Galvin uh, joins us to discuss Cork City's draw last night. We also hear from City boss Colin Healy. And uh, then we'll hear from David Moyler and soon-to-be AC Milan man permanently, uh, Cahill Heffernan. So stay tuned. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. 
Cork's Red FM. Yeah, you're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. Aidan Lee here with you until 7. Uh, meant to uh, bring you some results earlier on in the Red FM Hurling League in Division 1 and Group A. It finished Father O'Neill's 3.23, Nooses Down 2.13. Uh, Bride Rovers defeated St. Finbar's 2.22 to 119. Uh, Glen Rovers lost out to Charleville uh, by two points, uh, 125-317, the final score there. Now, on to football and Cork City have lost ground on Galway United in the first division. Akeen Bargery parlor, and I mean parlor, what a great goal, wasn't enough as they drew away to Longford 1-0. Here's City boss Colin Healy. Sorry. <laughs> any more? Any more for any more? Um, Colin, look, thanks very much for speaking to uh, us on Big Red Bench and, and Cork's Red FM. Colin, um, it's a bit of a strange one. You were down numbers, I suppose, coming into the game, considering who was missing from the list. You probably might have taken a point. I don't know. You might correct me, but to come away now with a point almost feels like a loss, doesn't it? The way that it happened. Um, yeah, we were missing a few players. Um, a few players picked up uh, knocks against Sligo um, one or two picked up knocks against Galway as well so we were down but the squad the squad that's what that's what we have we got a good squad um, and I showed there tonight lads that came in they did very very well um, and it's a hard one to take getting done by a set play mm. you know and listen they caused us problems in wide areas to put balls in, in the box and listen we defended very very well we had one or two clears off the line and listen it's it's a credit to the boys that the way that they defended. Um, some lads have come in and haven't played many games, and they'll, but they'll be done by a corner and them then having one spare on the back. It's hard one to take. Yeah. yeah, because I suppose as you say, it was such a battling performance from as you say a lot of players who didn't get a lot of game time. Um, but that right flank, or from City, I suppose from City's point of view, the left flank seemed to be quite a lot of the a lot of the play was coming from that side. Yeah, no, as um, listen, uh, Graydon's a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, he, he, he's quick, uh, and we knew that. But um, listen, we dealt with it. They, they caught us on the corner. They didn't catch us from open play. Mm-hmm. They caught us on the corner, and they did put balls in the box, and they had one or two at the back post. But we dealt with it, and you know, it's um, Harry, David Harrington came in, and made one or two good saves, and Josh and Jonas, and when Ronan came on and Ali, listen, they were they were very very good. Um, but it's hard to get done by a set play. Um, yeah. And speaking of keepers, like Luke Dennison had a good game as well, made a couple of good stops. Delaney Keane Bargery there, who had a good game in fairness to him. Um, so there were chances. We had to, chances. To, yeah. We had chances. We had chances, yeah. We had some very good chances, but um, yeah, we didn't put the ball in the back of that, innit? And we, we didn't do that probably. In the second half, we had the chances, and you know we just we just couldn't do it. And as, as I said, the longer the game goes on, obviously, don't forget a bit of confidence, and they keep going. But it's um, an open play. They didn't, they didn't, you know, didn't come through the middle. They went up wide areas, and we de- and we dealt with it. But um, we need to be better on the uh, defending corner. Yeah, is it just is it just like because obviously it's been a long time since you played your last game. Twenty seventh of May, I think, was the Galway game. So is it just a lack of concentration, just from a lack of game time from some of these guys? No, I wouldn't say no. that. No, no, it's just just somebody not picking up the man. That's it, isn't it? And that's what happens, you know. Especially at this level, uh, you get punished, and that's what happened to us. Mm. Sorry, Colin. Just obviously back to some of those missing players. Um, I suppose first of all I might run through some of them just so that we have an idea of where they are. Um, Barry Coffey, uh, his loan is obviously finished, but are we in negotiations? When can we expect to see him back, or will he be back? Um, Barry Coffey, his loan is up now at the moment, so um, listen, we're, we're speaking to um, 
to his agent and all that kind of stuff so we won't know anything in another few weeks okay so he won't be available for another few weeks and um, Matt Healy yeah, Barry can't play till 1st of July anyway so, oh, okay, so no matter if he's with us or if he's with anybody else so that's okay. the way it is with Barry um, Matt Healy did you, was, was he one of those players that picked up a knock last week yeah, against yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt picked up a, a knock against Galway so Matt will probably be out for another week or two so um, yeah it's just we can't force players in here and obviously to put them back up for another five or six weeks so it's, he's not ready so we have to just wait another week or two for Matty. Mm. Keane Coleman same thing? Keane Coleman yeah he picked up a little tie strain against against Sligo um, but he's, he's, if, I, if I put him on and if I play him it's, it's, it could be a possibility that he could pull that and it, mm. those injuries could be six eight weeks and we can't afford that so we, we put him on the bench and you know it's um yeah, we were going, if we needed him, but I wasn't going to take a risk. Mm. And I suppose, look, as you say, 1st of July, hopefully Barry's back. Are we hoping that any more players will kind of join? What, what are we thinking towards the transfer window? I'm not telling you any <laughs> No, 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 listen, I, I didn't mean like that. No, it's, um, listen, we'll work away and um, if the right player comes available and um, um, if he suits if he suits the squad and he suits, he suits, he suits us, then, then we look at it. But at the moment, you know, we, we'll just keep working on it. All right, Cork City dropped points last night away to Longford Town and Kevin Galvin was our man in Bishopsgate. Uh, disappointing uh, night, I suppose, uh, to, to drop points away to Longford. Yeah, a bit of a disappointing one, Aidan, but I suppose when you look at the amount of players that were missing for Colin Healy's side last night, um, it, a, a result of three points would have been a superb result, particularly given that Ali Gilchrist went off early, early-ish on about halfway through the first half. A uh, superb block uh, to the nice Sam Verdon uh, and a Longford goal equaliser just after Keane Bargery's superb effort. So, um, I, I don't know, on the balance of things, you look at the results, you know, you look at the sheet last night, you'd say, oh, geez, they got points, late goal conceded, disappointing. And of course, look, a late goal conceding is always, is always disappointing for a side, but Given how the game went, Longford came for a penalty. They had a few off the line, um, and given the fact that City were down, down quite a lot of their senior key players, um, which is going to be a worry going forward. Because speaking to Colin Healy last night, and you'd heard him, um, you know, a lot. The news isn't good uh, from 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 a City point of view. Some of those senior players. So, um, all in all, Aiden, I suppose you could put it down to a disappointing result, but to have gotten out with a point, given how many they were missing, I think they'd have taken that. I suppose, yeah. And look, you mentioned there, Keen Bergery hit an unbelievable goal. I don't know what they're going to do with the the goal of the season tournament, Cork City, because I'd say they're going to have to split them into groups of four or something because the, the amount of goals that have gone in this year have been unbelievable. Um, but yeah, great strike from from Keen Bergery, and uh, just a shame then, I suppose, to to give up an equaliser. Yeah, and to give it up in the way that they did, like um, you know, from a set piece, and it was a soft one. Um, now I, I didn't get eyes on it the replay on it uh, last night we were heading down the home uh, heading home we didn't go home till late but on, on the viewing live viewing of it um, look it was it was disappointing I, there was a man in the line I think it could have been Kevin O'Connor he didn't make it enough of an effort I think in my own opinion and I think uh, David Harrington was slightly caught off as well for the ball over so kind of plunked onto the top of um, of Carl Chambers' head and it was just kind of a looping header into the back post. It's the kind of goal you would see all the time um, in an AUL uh, Division 1 match you know that kind yeah. of ball into the back post and a looping header back across but at League of Ireland level really you know you, you can't allow those kind of goals to go in so 
having having battled so hard on the pitch and having obviously scored that superb goal, they had chances themselves in the second half. Cork City as well. Uh, Marco Manny, um, had Luke Dennison made a number of good saves first from Marco Manny, and then from Kian Bargery. Bargery almost scored a second worldy, um, but uh, but uh, Dennison stopped it. So it was a very disappointing then after all that effort to to concede at least. But again, like I said, Aiden, they're missing a lot of players and uh, a lot of key players and. Given the fact that they were their last competitive league game is the 27th of uh, of May, you'd wonder how they've come out with so many injuries in the last couple of weeks. Was well, there were still positives? Uh, a massive positive is Franco Ume making an appearance for Cork City, um, which is you know it's always great to see young guys getting onto the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. And Ume has definitely earned that chance. Uh, I know he scored for City in the one senior cup against Middleton, and um, one of those bright academy prospects. And look like. Any sign of a good club is a club that can produce talent, that can turn over talent, um, particularly on a what's quite a short budget at the moment, given the situation that the club find themselves on. The the need to to push their academy through is is of more value now than it ever was uh, in, under previous uh, managers. So, really uh, great to see him. And um, I would like to have seen him longer. To be totally honest, Aidan, I thought that change came a bit late in the game. Um, I would like to have seen him given fifteen twenty minutes and really had a go. Um, yeah. particularly given that I thought there was a number of players out there the other night that just I don't know they, they didn't really look up for it in the way that you would hope from a team trying to get back to the top of the table um, but uh, hopefully we'll see Uma, uh, um, Uma feature uh, more for, for City going forward particularly in some of those games where they might have a, have a lead and have an opportunity to reduce him um, I'd love to see him play more but definitely uh, looked bright when he came on but very hard to tell he was only on for maybe 5-10 minutes so I'm um, looking forward to seeing what he's like going forward. Yeah, just to, before we finish up now, um, I suppose it's it's advantage Galway United now at the top of the table. Uh, they've moved ahead. I think they're uh, ahead by points now. Um, and as you said, they'll want everyone. They'll want Franco Ume, especially if there's injuries. They'll want everyone they have available uh, going forward. But it's going to be a fantastic run-in, though. Yeah, oh man. I mean, for, for when you consider the... Um, you know, the promotion, it's only first place gets automatic promotion and then you're into the playoffs. And of course, Galway themselves know what it's like to finish second in the playoffs and then get immediately get knocked out. Yeah. And they lost to Bray in the semi-final last year. So um, they'll be hurting from that. A lot of the squad members will remember that. City, obviously, look, there was a kind of a two-year plan for Colin Healy to get this club back into the Premier Division. So the pressure's on him as well. So it's all set to be a, a great run-in. But like I said, Aiden, you know, you're missing the likes of uh, Walker, George Heaven, um, obviously we're missing Coffey whose loan call loan hasn't really been sorted out yet we're not sure what's going to happen with that Matt Healy is a huge loss speaking of worldies um, yeah. Matt Healy is prone to few of those Absolutely. he was out we don't know now what's happening with Ali Gilchrist like the back four when Gilchrist came off last night uh, was hacking in Honahan uh, Hurley and Colts and none of them have a huge amount of game experience yeah. so Going forward, that would be the worry, really, uh, for Cork City. And they have, obviously, next week, three games in a week. Um, uh, they have the, you know, so it's going to be a very, very busy period for them. I think they're playing Bray, Wexford, and uh, the other team now has escaped me just off the top of my head. But they have three games in, in I think it's Limerick away on the Monday. So those are three huge games for them. Getting nine points in those games, you're in a much better position. But when you're already missing injuries and you're playing three games in seven days, that's a big ask, even if they're a full-time squad. So um, I think the next two weeks will tell a lot for Colin Healy's side and indeed Cork's these chances of automatic promotion from the first division this year. Yeah, it certainly doesn't get any easier. Kevin, thanks a million. Cheers, Aidan. Take care. Yeah, Kevin Galvin there and uh, earlier as well, City boss Colin Healy. Seamus Power. 
has uh, birdied out on the first hole at the final day of the US Open. A fantastic putt for birdie as well, as he's now even um, for the tournament, one under for the day, and he's only four shots off the lead. So uh, hopefully it could be a, a big windfall for him if he keeps uh, if he keeps in and around that uh, that group within the kind of four shots of the leaders. So uh, fair play to Power. He's doing great stuff uh, this year. Um, I think it's it's a fantastic story of, of any uh, Irish sport uh, sporting competitor. Um, also on today at uh, I think about seven o'clock is lights out at the Canadian Grand Prix in Montreal. Uh, it's very sunny there today by the looks of it uh, compared to yesterday and the day before there were total washouts. Uh, qualifying was a great watch though in the wet but Max Verstappen, championship leader on pole, um, Alonso, uh, Fernando Alonso of course, two-time champion of the world is P2. Uh, hopefully, I know with the dry weather now, it's not likely that he's going to be able to fight for a win or anything but um, hopefully he can stay up as high as possible. It's great to see him challenge and uh, Carlos Sainz P3 Leclerc is I think back in the grid uh, over excessive engine use which I didn't know was a thing but uh, yeah 7 o'clock that gets underway what a day at the cross for the Jerry Harris tribute game uh, a plethora of Cork City legends and uh, took part in the game um, great spectacle here's one David Myler with Rory and uh, legends keep on coming uh, joined up by uh, Dave Myler uh, Dave what was it like being out there first off uh, do you know what? Um, it's been a while since I've been able to kind of play in a, an almost 11 v 11. Um, it's been a long time. And, you know, it's nice. Like, obviously, when I when I played for Cork City, I was young. You were going back to kind of the, what, all five winning team. Yeah. So I came through. So seven when they won the Cups. So all those players. A, a lot of them I haven't seen. Obviously, Colin O'Brien, um, I'm working with him with the Irish on the 17s. I see Colin Healy every now and then. But it's just great to see Joe, Dennis, Killian Lorden all of them do you know what I mean and you know they were very good to me when I was a kid so yeah. it's good to and what it's all about you know why we're here and you know it's 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 wonderful to you know obviously see such a big turnout yeah and Jerry was such an icon of a man at Turner's Cross and did so many roles here and when I say Jerry's name to you I suppose what's the first thing that comes to mind a gentleman um, like Jerry was the kit man when I first came through obviously I was just a young fella and yeah, I think <sighs> football clubs it's people like Jerry run football clubs yeah like I, I'd say there's probably not a job inside Cork City that Jerry's not done um, and you can tell by the people the amount of ex-players coming out playing for him um, it just shows what everyone thought about him my own experience he was really nice to me um, obviously a young boy probably a too giddy and hyper but he was always very good um, and he was you know he's a lovely fella um, and I'm you know I was delighted to be asked to come um, to obviously pay my respects and um, it's great yeah and so many players here as well today so many Cork City legends it's just a testament to Jerry that everyone's here and dropped everything just to, just to go and play yeah exactly um, and you're like I don't know I don't know how many <laughs> I don't know how many players are on the team sheet I think it was about 40 <laughs> players at one stage um, I think we did kick off 12 v 11 yeah and uh, you stayed 12 v 11 for the entire uh, yeah. game but you know but, strategy yeah but the, do you know what like you said there it just shows why you know why so many people came it's just for Jerry the way he was the person he he was and that and everyone obviously has fond memories of him um, and it's great you know for the family to be here and you know, that's what look. That's what it's all about. Yeah, on the game itself, uh, enjoyable stuff. Uh, not exactly high pace, but the quality was still there. Yeah, well, look, 
I don't want any of, any, any of the players giving up to me but like as you like a lot of them know where there's a few in the 60s few in the 50s few in the 40s the mind's there the body might move as well as it used to um, the vision is still there and the touch is still there yeah but that's that's look quite a few of them would be early 40s so you, you know you could tell that a few of them yeah. kind of look after themselves and keep themselves fit um, so I, no look which player, which player surprised you the most actually which player just you think oh he's still got it oh well, do you know what? I've always, I've always been a keen admirer of um, Colin Healy ever since I was a kid. Yeah. And then obviously Colin came on for the last block, and yeah. you could just see it, Colin looks like he should still play. Yeah. You know, he just slots in. The intensity went up when Colin came yeah. on. Actually, didn't it? I thought, I thought, I thought, oh god, they brought on the A team. I seen Alan Bennett come on at the back, Murph on the left, Colin Killian. Do you know what I mean, Darren Murphy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I suppose you know what the one, the one like. Uh, Billy Woods looks in great condition. Yeah, he was going down the wing there, and he was he was standing balls up, crossing them in. Mm. Um, Ali Cahill's looks super yeah, as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. But I, I, you could kind of tell with a few of them that they, I'd say they they still kind of live by their diet, and their exercise, and that. Yeah. Ali was Ali wasn't happy at halftime. He wasn't getting enough of the ball. Um, he had a little moan up. And I think he went through the middle at one stage. Yeah. No, it's been a fantastic day and some fantastic goals and fantastic third goal as well for the green team. Chipping, I know. I know. I know. I know. Do you know what? It's it's probably twenty years ago I scored from the half line here as well. Yeah. Yeah. Who's that what against? Um, Kilreen. Yeah. Yeah. Or Everton, one of them. It was one of the Ballyfiana talker teams. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. It's, it's, you know what? I have such fond memories of this. Like, obviously, no, I'm, I'm, I'm living over in the UK. But when mm. I come home, and if I'm ever home on a Friday night, I'll come down and watch the, you know, Cork City mm. play and whatever. And it's just like even even my first ever cup final was under 11 here and um, Graham Kelly was referee then we were <laughs> laughing and joking about it before yeah, the game yeah, like yeah. it's just to think like where like where does the time go like that's 22 years ago yeah you know fantastic stuff and Dean always a great pleasure to play at Turner's Cross and wear the Cork City crest again and stuff like that it must have been a great moment for you I suppose yeah no it's brilliant this is what, well, this is what it's all about mm-hmm. like isn't it yeah, absolutely fantastic Dave I'll leave you to it bye thanks for joining uh, us here on the Rebel Army TV top man appreciate it Dave great stuff yeah great stream I was watching it uh, earlier on today in between doing uh, a bit of work and uh, yeah Rory thoroughly enjoyed it, it was fantastic to see everyone speaking about Jerry Harris like he had such an effect of every, on, uh, on so many people's lives and uh, yeah Rory was keen to be there and uh, yeah it, uh, certainly uh, looks like a very enjoyable occasion and uh, yeah something that hopefully they were saying it uh, looks like could be a, a, a yearly fixture uh, in Turner's Cross so uh, yeah great stuff uh, Carl Heffernan was also there and uh, he confirmed news that he will be joining AC Milan permanently after a successful loan spell. Uh, Carl Heffernan joins me uh, now uh, for this uh, tribute match for Jerry Harris. First off on the match itself, Carl, it's not been bad, has it? Ah, uh, no, it's been very good. In fairness, I've enjoyed it so far. Like, you know, seeing all my ex coaches now and stuff like that, <laughs> it's brilliant. Like, it's been absolutely fantastic uh, stuff. Uh, and tell us about the um, the Italian experience uh, and playing for Milan and putting on that famous red and black jersey. Oh, it's been brilliant. Like, I can't words can't describe how I feel about it. Like, it's just suit me to the ground. Like, the culture, the weather, everything. I just loved from since I got over there. I just loved every second of it, and I don't take any days for granted. I'm just working hard and just getting better every day. What was uh, I suppose the style of football like? in comparison to here and, and, uh, and that yeah it's very different you know I think the football in kind of Ireland and England is very like fast paced and I think in Italy it's just a lot more tactical but it's uh, it is it's very different like I just think it, the way the Italians play they have their own style and it's just you have to adapt to that and it's just mm. simple as 
And how did you fit into that then? I mean, like, did you find it an easy process to adapt to that? or how? Did oh, it yeah, it was easy, to be fair. Like, it was difficult at the start. Do you know, the first kind of two weeks was hard, but then once I got, like, once I adapted to it, then it was just second nature. Yeah, exactly. And how was the Italian coming along? Did you learn the language? Ah, I, yeah. I imagine you learned the curse words first <laughs> and then the rest followed, did it? Yeah, yeah, it did, in fairness. But, no, it's, like, I think... It was hard for, at the start, as I said, you know, because you're going into a new environment, you know, you, like, you don't know the language, but no, it's like, now I can speak a good bit, I understand a lot, so it's getting yeah. easier every day. I saw a photograph of uh, you and Paula Maldini, that must have been something else, wasn't Amazing, it? Amazing, yeah, just what an iconic photo, and what an iconic person to be <laughs> with, you know. Yeah, he's uh, incredible, like, he is Mr. AC Milan, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's literally down to the ground, if, well, like, if you think of AC Milan, he's just a first person that comes to mind isn't yeah. it and your dad was just saying there that look it looks like that you'll be extending your stay at Milan and that they're going to come in and make you an AC Milan player which is just yeah, it's dream just, stuff yeah, like, it's, it? just, it's cream on the cake really isn't it yeah. um, but I'm not delighted to hear kind of news like that so just hopefully now I can get back over for pre-season and just keep working hard yeah yeah Great stuff there and uh, fantastic uh, news about uh, Carl Heffernan joining AC Milan permanently uh, from Cork City, of course. And uh, yeah, he was there talking to Rory at the Jerry Harris tribute game at Turner's Cross, which was a fantastic success. Now that's it for us. Uh, we're out of time to listen back. Um, check out redfm.ie, check out the podcast section, uh, The Big Red Bench. Uh, the Women's Sport Podcast with Jar will be out on Thursday. And uh, until then, uh, until uh, we'll, we'll see you next weekend. Um, of course, Saturday, the big day, uh, Cork versus Dublin. And we'll have all the reaction on the Big Red Bench on Sunday. Green on Red is on the way next. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Yeah.